This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness, American Sex, with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. I'm so excited. Did you give me a 321? 321, oh, Ken. We're on. But I'm really fucking excited. I got so excited. Oh, why are you excited? Because I haven't seen your face for two months. We haven't recorded in the same room for two months, and you are back. I am back. I took the Southwest Chief from L.A. to Chicago. I got a lot of thinking and work done on the trip. That was pretty awesome. Did not get a lot of sleep, and I'm still kind of getting caught up on it. Um, but it was good. The one thing that I wasn't expecting, though, is that the Southwest Chief smells like farts. About a day and a half in, no matter where you were, the whole place smelled like like gas. Do you think it was because the toilets were backed up or something, or it was just like stinky people not taking a shower for a day? Like, why? I think it was just humans not bathing for a couple of days, yeah. Because oh. there was a lot of people that didn't have sleeper cars, myself included, and there wasn't the opportunity to bathe yeah. on a regular basis. And so if you were odoriferous to begin with, you were more so a couple of days in. Oh. But it didn't smell like unwashed. It didn't smell like BO. It, specifically, it smelled like farts. Oh, I'm sorry, Ken. No, it's it's okay. It's all right. It was a farty party. It happened. <laughs> it's a farty party. So, hi, everyone. I'm Ken Melvoinberg, and I'm back from L.A. And I'm Sunny Magatron, and Ken Melvoinberg is back from L.A. Yeah. And welcome to episode 64 of American Sex Podcast. Holy shit, 64. That's a lot of episodes. Will you still love me when I'm 64? Yeah. That's the podcast singing because I'm not 64. The podcast is. The podcast is. Yeah. On this momentous milestone 64th episode, we have the fabulous, wonderful, awesome sex nerd Sandra Doherty. Sex Nerd Sandra is both a human and a podcast. For almost 10 years, Sandra Doherty has been known as a professional sex nerd, teaching workshops, speaking at universities, and hosting a show that skips across the landscape of both sex and relationships. Endlessly curious and always sex positive, her deepest love is interviewing people who know more than she does. Her podcast, Sex Nerd Sandra, began with Nerdist Industries in 2011 and is now relaunching independently. She can brag it's been downloaded over 15 million times, but that really terrifies her. These days, Sandra is studying all the sciences. In five years or so, you might be calling her doctor. This was such a fun conversation. I first of all, I fucking love Sandra. She's awesome. And we really got to, I don't know, dig in deep to some of like her personal stuff, not only her motivations as to why or how she became such a 
not even a sex nerd powerhouse, but a, a media powerhouse and a you know, great interviewer, and how that contributed to her taking a hiatus. If you're a fan of sex nerd, Sandra, you might have noticed she's kind of dropped off the face of the earth as of late. But ta-da! there is going to be a sex nerd Sandra podcast reboot. It is in the works now, which is really exciting. We talked about a lot of emotional stuff, kind of, you know, where she's been emotionally, and where we all are emotionally right now as a nation, whether it comes to me Too, believing or not believing in science and all sorts of really interesting things. And we also and do- dinosaurs are real. And <laughs> yes, and dinosaurs are real. We also dove into her personal experiences with HIV and all sorts of great stuff. Oh, and by the way, if you're a Patreon member, patreon.com slash American sex, uh, Sex Nerd Sandra tells us an amazing story, only available on Patreon, how she made sweet, sweet, hot love to an ironing board. <laughs> it was so good. So, yeah. Speaking of ironing boards and speaking of Patreon, Sonny, do you know what time it is? It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. And we want to give a big welcome and our heartfelt appreciation to the awesome folks that joined our Patreon family this week. Thanks, Jared, Daniel, Christina, and Terrell. We couldn't do this podcast without your support. And we thank you for recognizing the importance of open, healthy, and shame-free dialogue about sex. And if you're not an American sex podcast Patreon member, you really should be. Well, you're going to get Sex Nerd Sandra's Ironing Board Fuck Story, which is amazing. But you get bonus stories from a lot of our guests, extra full-length episodes, a personal video greeting, random surprises in the mail, and a lot more. And we're doing something super duper special this month. Each October Patreon member is getting an American Sex Podcast sticker in the mail. Actually, a few, a little handful. I'm sending you a little handful. And two of you, you won't just get stickers. You are going to get an entire Pleasure Products care package sent to you too. And we've got a stockpile of all sorts of things, you know, from BDSM gear to insertables, vibrators, lubes, etc. We're going to pick out a couple of things like hand selected just for you. So hop on over to patreon.com slash American sex and join the 97 other awesome people in the American sex Patreon family. Every month, we also give away pleasure products to our listeners, and currently we're running two sex toy giveaways. The first is the American Sex Podcast October giveaway sponsored by Castle Megastore. You can win a Lovin's Edge prostate massager valued at 119 American dollars. What's awesome about this prostate toy is that it's controllable via a Bluetooth app from anywhere in the world with a smartphone. Or you can even do it two inches away from your butt. To enter, (laughs) go to SunnyMegatron.com slash edge, that's E-D-G-E, and you, yes, you can also get 20% off select items at CastleMegastore.com when you use the code Sunny, that's S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. I'm also hosting a second sex toy giveaway on my Instagram page. It's going on now through the end of the month, and it's for a Tantus Rumble. This giveaway is sponsored by DallasNovelty.com. Dallas Novelty specializes in meeting the needs of disabled customers. Dallas Novelty founder and owner Nick Mahler is disabled himself, and he recognizes that intimacy is important to everyone, regardless of ability. At Dallas Novelty, Nick and his team are dedicated to helping customers from all walks of life find the perfect toy 
or come up with a solution to allow them to experience orgasms just as much as able-bodied customers. So the Tannis Rumble, that is one of the products that Dallas Novelty recommends to those looking not only for a powerful massager, but one that's also easy to hold and won't transfer vibrations to your hands, causing numbness. It's also convertible using a bunch of optional internal and external attachments that were specially developed by Tantus. So I know you want to enter this. You want to win that Tantus Rumble. You got to head on over to Instagram.com slash Sunny Megatron to enter the Tantus Rumble giveaway and do make sure that you also visit DallasNovelty.com to check out their huge selection of sex toys and accessories made for every body. And if you're in the Austin, Texas area, we've got great news for you. Sonny and I are coming your way in November. We're going to be teaching and hanging out at the Friends Club both Friday and Saturday that weekend, November 9th and 10th. You can find out more about it at AustinFriends.com. I got another cool thing, too. Ken and I are educators at the biggest BDSM video learning library on the Internet, Kink Academy. Our eight-part Electric Play series was released this month, and we've got more coming. Hint, hint, it's all about humiliation. It's kind of awesome. So that's going to be going up on Kink Academy soon as well. So head on over to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Kink Academy Electric, and that's going to take you directly to our instructor page. And when you join Kink Academy, you not only get educational videos, you get access to the entire library of over 2,000 videos from some of the most sought-after kink educators in the world and on every subject you can imagine, from beginner to advanced-level techniques. It is awesome. And you get to see Lily scream. Yes, yes. She, oh, it was awesome. She was our demo bottom, and oh, so fun. And one last thing before we go to Sandra. Lots of you have been telling us you loved our Q&A episode, so we're planning another one. Send in your sex questions to americansexpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll answer them anonymously, of course, on a future episode. All right. On with sex and Sandra. You're going to fucking love this, American fuckers. I'm super fucking excited. As I say every damn week, no, but you, I you really, really are, am yeah. like, I, I, I need a new a word. In your panties right no, now. shut up. No, shut up. No, <laughs> but like, I, I need a new word for like, I'm super fucking excited because I'm always super fucking excited. And, and then it sounds disingenuous. But Sandra, I'm, I am super fucking excited because <laughs> on the line, we have the one and only sex nerd Sandra. Hello. Hey, Hello buddy. there. Oh, oh my goodness. goodness. Yes. We just said, oh my goodness. And like sync, which is amazing. That's the way I'm going to sync up our tracks when I edit. <laughs> Make sure we say, oh, my goodness, at the same exact time. <laughs> uh, it's so good to hear both of your voices. It's been a, such a long time. It has, it has been. It has. Like, And it's interesting because we've been on your Sex Nerd Sandra podcast, I, I want to say twice. Um, and I have a funny story about that, by the way. I'm going to so totally okay. segue myself. But to finish that thought, and now you're on ours, which is kind of like, oh, it's shoe on the other foot. It's so cool. Um, but the segue was there was one time we, that you were in Chicago and mm-hmm. you stayed by our house and we recorded some podcasting stuff. And I don't remember if you met our youngest daughter at the time. She might have been like asleep when you came and asleep before you left or something. And I remember a, a human with blonde hair watching stuff on a, on a computer in the background okay that was that on. was one or more of the i don't know if that was more. the older <laughs> one well because they're both blonde and they both watch things on the computer with headphones yeah, so yeah. i don't know could have been either one but it was funny because at the time i want to say 
our youngest daughter was like 13, maybe. And just after that, like in the next year, she started really getting into like YouTube sex ad videos and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I walk in the living room one day and you're on the screen, like talking about the pussy hug and like, and I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, it's my friend. And I was like, you know, she (laughs) stayed at our house, right? Do you remember? And she was like, what? Get the fuck out. She was in our house. Oh my God. Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you? I'm like, cause last year you could give two shits like <laughs> you had no idea so yeah you are you are a celebrity in our household just oh so you know God. yeah life is so weird Isn't it? <laughs> just... <laughs> oh my goodness oh so there's a lot and, like and if i'm not mistaken i think faye put her on the same level as alice and moon they're like equal yeah like coolness at this point yeah yeah you guys are the biggest rock stars that she knows yeah and stevie, wow. Bo- stevie know, bobby she loves stevie bobby too yeah, I don't know who the fuck is Stevie Bobby. <laughs> oh, she. I'll I'll tell you, Grandpa. I'll show you the YouTube. get it together, yeah. Ken. Yeah, <laughs> kids these days. I, mean, I know it's You're all like... just noise. Get off my lawn, YouTube. <laughs> so that's really funny. It's, uh, just, all of this is hilarious. I I'm living such a like I am the most annoying person in all of my classes right now. Like. N- no one likes me because I'm the old lady. So it's just really funny when it's like, oh, yeah, in a different universe, I'm really cool to some people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, you're the old um, lady? Really? Well, yeah, because it's a bunch of 20-year-old Armenian kids. They go to school in Glendale, California. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's funny because it's like, true. Who are you? Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. That is funny. I like being the old lady. I'm the old lady in pretty much every situation yeah, now. I like that all the and time. And I kind of dig it. Yeah. Well, you're you're a very exciting old lady. I'm just like wear my old lady glasses, and I mean, I'm in my mid thirties, like, and I look like I'm in my twenties. Like, it's all fine, but still, they're like, "Who are you, and why do you have such self confidence?" Right. I don't trust it. Yeah. And Ken's oh, notification <laughs> just went off. Oh, hey, old man, learn how to work the phone. <laughs> I thought I was stroking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had the theme for deliverance for our youngest daughter. <laughs> ringtone why is she calling us is she like are you are you talking to sex nerd sandra right now oh my god tell her i love her Um, i'm going to okay so uh (laughs) anyway so much has happened in the last i don't know couple of years so sex nerd sandra you when was the last time you recorded a sex nerd sandra podcast episode i have a hard time looking at right now with sex nerd sandra wait hold on okay I hope I hope you know how awesome of a person you interrupted. Oh man, I'm so offended. <laughs> She's going. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. I love you, sweetheart. Can you get in the house? She's in the living room. I can hear her. Oh, She's in stereo. Oh, go fuck yourself. Shut off the phone. Okay, bye. I love you too. Bye. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Mi- micro celebrity mm-hmm. is such a strange experience, isn't it? Yeah, you when know, like point zero 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 one percent of the population is slightly interested that you're a person, like it's just it's just so weird. It is. Um, but you were asked me something about like, when's the last time I recorded? I think the yeah. last time I released a show, I think it was on clicker training, like how to do dog training oh, for yeah. humans, basically. Yeah, and I think that was a year and a half ago or two years ago. And I had been spotty for a while. Like I, I wasn't doing weekly. I was just kind of getting them out when I could. Um, 
But yeah, it's a really, f- just a strange niche note to end on. <laughs> it's just sort of, <laughs> clicker training. I'm stopping. Yeah, it's just <laughs> dog training for humans. Great. Okay. <laughs> well, like, you know, being a, a podcast, everything or, you know, engineer, producer, whatever the hell, you know, host, I look at the, the numbers. I'm a numbers geek. I'm formerly like a, an advertising media person. And you're like mm-hmm. top 10 every week. Like, it's like you haven't even gone anywhere wait what who wait yes yes wait are we talking on itunes where yeah on itunes you're like you're 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 normally top 10 ish definitely top 20 like every week solid i thank you for the update because i (laughs) (laughs) yeah i haven't um I mean, I'm sure you probably want to, because I, this is a very exclusive interview. Like I've barely interviewed. I think I, I practiced, did a podcast with somebody that I didn't know. We think is a porn director. And I did that podcast just to go like, what's it like to be interviewed these days? Like, can I handle that kind of stress? <laughs> so this is like, feels like the first official podcast Aww. conversation I've had in years. Aww. Um, Oh, yeah, I love you, too. Oh, we, we love, love you. you. It was funny because I was like, even though I'm like, I, I don't need to really make notes to talk to you. I'm still like really super anal when I do interviews. So I do my research. So I'm like, what what interviews has Sex Nerd Sounder done? And I'm like, Sex Nerd Sounder interview, the first thing that comes up. And I totally forgot about when I interviewed you for our web series Outside the Box in like 2012. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. So anyone, I- if you Google Sex Nerd Sounder interview, we're number one. Thanks. I still marvel at the makeup artist's job of doing my face because they were like a porn makeup artist. Yeah. Uh, you were a little bow chicka wow wow. <laughs> yeah, they did a lot with my eyes and my lips. Like I had to really tone down the lip gloss, but it was my – that's the last time I've worn fake eyelashes. Like mm, I don't do wow. that. And um, yeah, I would do myself that day. Yeah. I did some selfies after. Nice, that, and I nice. Like, yeah, I think I remember nice. seeing you like taking selfies in the car or something. <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That was like one of the highest liked selfies I've ever posted in my life. (laughs) Damn. Damn. Yeah. For one day, I was... Did you have a sexy time event on a trampoline that day? What? Did I have a sexy time? It's weird that I didn't... I can't say no because I don't know. (laughs) Okay. And I'm I'm going to be a little tiny bit a little off color about the jokes we used to say in grade school. They're like, they used, what was it? They used to call it a jumpaline until your mom jumped on one. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. Tell us about trampoline sex. Oh, wait. I think I may have gone to a trampoline part, like a, it was like an indoor trampoline center where you just oh. ran around trampolines. But there was no sex. There was no sex? No. I mean, mild flirting, but generally platonic. <laughs> okay. There's a group of people. Yeah. Huh. All right, so back, okay, Sex and Sounder podcast, still fucking popular as all get out. And then suddenly, Sandra mm-hmm. kind of disappeared. We're, we're having a Sandra hiatus. So mm-hmm. what's been happening in your life? I mean, a, a ton. I mean, what is it? Right now, it's late 2018. The world has changed a, a mil- in a million ways in the last two years. Um. I mean, I did not announce a hiatus. I wasn't planning a hiatus. I physically and emotionally could not continue. Hmm. So I just, like, my body shut down, my brain. Like, I couldn't, week to week, I could not remember how to operate GarageBand. Was it it the work or, like, what was it? Like, um, I mean, the work, I, the work is just, 
simple. It's pretty simple. It's pretty standard. And it, I mean, interviewing people is wonderful. It's such a gift. Um, I basically had, was it just being re-traumatizing myself for years? Um, because for me, anything in media and getting attention, um, is really uncomfortable for me and not like in a stage. I don't get stage fright, mm-hmm. but I grew up, I grew up in Los Angeles, born and raised. Um, my dad was one of those people. I mean, if you've ever lived and, and befriended people in LA, a lot of people here came here to try and get famous, get, yeah. um, do their art in a big way, in a big scene way. And I've just always wanted to go in the opposite direction. Hmm. Mainly because I was raised by somebody who really craved fame, fortune, and and really tried to live through me as a kid. Um, so I was put in a lot of acting classes, opera class, dance classes. So a lot of what people think is natural about my ability to be in front of people and entertain and kind of be fun. A lot of that was just trained. I was like a little dog getting trained to be entertaining. Oh, wow. Huh. Um so, but, but also I, I think when people, you, you don't know how much work went into a skill and then you just think it's natural. Um, you know, I like to shine light on that kind of thing. So right. anyway, basically I wanted to talk about sexual health and sex ed and that was very passionate for me and it was something that I could own for myself. And then soon after I was offered the opportunity to podcast with Nerdist, um, way back when it first launched. So I went from, a little notoriety as a local sex educator in Los Angeles when that wasn't a big thing to worldwide listenership of tens of thousands of people a week. Mm-hmm. And that was really difficult for me, but I also didn't feel I could allow myself to feel the discomfort because so many people around me wanted that. Oh. And so that went on for years and it got worse and worse, like just like underlying discomfort. And it's some, it basically, you could call it PTSD. I mean, I was having dissociation. I was having memory loss. And at some point I just shut down. Wow. Um, so, I mean, as time goes on, I'll be able to talk about it in different ways, but this is sort of the way I can share this, that info with you right now. That's mm-hmm. about as good as it gets in sort of terms of me understanding it. Right. Um, and yeah, have, did that? Have- No, it totally did. And that that makes a lot of sense. You know, like you were in a place where you felt that you couldn't, I don't know, and I'm putting finger quotes around complain, you know, but because people were probably like, what are you talking about? You're, you know, I wish I was like that sort of thing. Um, It's not it's not that high school. It's it's more just there's a lot of hunger to be recognized for your talent and for your, the content you create. And I respect that. And I think that's a very natural thing because I was raised by basically a wonderful complex person who was also a narcissist. Mm. Um, oh, common. Me, bing, 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 bing. Right. I can relate. So I don't, I know that there's like a healthy version of going after a dream that means being on a worldwide stage. Um, but for me, that very much was, uh, I associate that just emotionally with, uh, danger. Ooh, okay. And, and so it wasn't like an intellectual thing. It's just, I was just constantly having panic attacks. I was just constantly blanking out. I just, I basically was doing the best I could. And, and also like, I'm so 
proud of the interviews I've done and so excited for the people I've gotten to get to know because of it. Like, I'm so bloody lucky. Like, I'm, it's a fucking gift, you know? And at the same time, I have to recognize that I was just being slowly destroyed. Yeah. Ugh. Um, by myself, I was doing it. So the last couple of years have been a lot of intensive therapy and self work to recognize where my triggers are and figuring out what, what it looks like to be the thing that I love, which is working in sex ed and interviewing people. I love that in a way that I, it's sustainable and I don't get destroyed in the process. Like, mm. what is that healthy? Like to me, success in the future is, can I feed myself with the work I do? Can I do some good in the world? Um, and can I do this until the day I die? Right. Like that to me is what su- a measure of success is. Um, and you now feel, yeah. cause you're coming back, you know, so do you now feel like maybe you found the path to that? So how, how does that translate into what's coming in the near future? I think I'm one of those people who will try and overthink something until I just never do the thing that I want to do. Um, so I know that the learning how to do it will be when I do it. Right. Like I'm, it's going to be a week to week, like, Oh, this worked this week. This didn't. Oh, I feel immense fear right now. Let me feel those feelings. Let me use all the skills I've pro- like, <laughs> you know, developed. And then maybe next week I'll release it. Um, so I, I still have lots of learning to go, but, but now I've made a lot of deals with myself. Like one, I'm not doing any live shows. So there's no traveling to record in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. I used to do that. Chicago, New York, Seattle, yeah. S- Sydney, Australia. I mean, it's just like, I can't do that. That, is, that was something that was so far off um, outside the window of comfort, like tolerance for me. Right. I, I would just shake. Um, so yeah, triggers and shit, you know, but things. It's, it's you. I mean, first of all, I didn't know any of this, but even, you know, back when you were doing, you know, your sex nerd Sandra stuff and like crumbling on the inside that, you know, I don't think most people could see a, you're fucking excellent at what you do. Like I would randomly run across people that you would never think would be listening. And they'd be like, have you heard of sex nerd Sandra? Like <laughs> unbelievable. You know, sometimes they'd whisper it like, cause they were embarrassed. They'd listen, like, Oh, sex nerd Sandra. She had a dominatrix on. It was so fascinating. You have got to listen to episode <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And, and really you are, you know, your interview style and just the, I don't know the the curiosity that you have when you interview people is something that a is fucking amazing and and b something that I think is admirable admirable to other people in the industry that want to be better interviewers that you know you just I don't know you have the thing that that, that I don't know that's the best way thesaurus me can what's the thing he's like I don't know <laughs> oh, did, you, did you say thesaurus yes that's a wrong one um but secondly Fuck, I forgot what my secondly was. <laughs> See, you're much more mentally succinct when you're interviewing. Fuck, I forgot the thing. You're, you're, you're thesaurus. You're, wah, <laughs> threw me off. Um, oh, I know where I am. I remember. So, <laughs> thanks, Ken. <laughs> so really, this has been a period of time for you of healing emotionally, getting to know yourself, not perfecting your craft in a professional sense, but perfecting 
your you emotionally, mentally? Is that yeah. been your journey? And and yes, know. well, I've been doing. I've been doing. You know, I also did other things like I've been eating and sleeping and stuff. Like you know, I'm not, it's not constantly. <laughs> you don't like a therapy um, twenty four hours a day. <laughs> but I definitely, I recognize that I couldn't be trusted with uh, professional promise. Like I couldn't deliver because I was so um just like every I, I was just everything was a trigger I was just constantly panicking and blanking out and and that has subsided a ton and it comes back a little bit when I I try um to like for instance I pulled out my snowball mic today this is good this is like exposure therapy oh. like I'm afraid of dolphins I'm gonna look at a picture of a dolphin and like, work <laughs> on that you know we're helping um, you yeah exactly no this is good yeah. Um, but in the meantime, actually, because I started out teaching sex classes um, right. and kind of shadowed other sex educators. I'm talking like blowjob stuff, butt stuff, you know, spanky, spanky. I, I learned about the pussy hug from you. I know it was originally a Midori move, but I I heard about it from you. And I'm, yeah, thank you for <laughs> that. Yes. I always want to make sure because that's um, one of, I don't know. I can't think of any other moves that were really that are somebody else's moves because most of them I just kind of came up with and named them myself. I mean, ugh. humans have been having sex for thousands, a gabillion years. So like I, anything I figured out, we've all done before. Like, right. But yeah, we all create our own sort of thing. But that's the one move. I, I so appreciate that you recognize that it was Midori's. But yeah, the pussy hug, super important. Yeah. Hug that thing. Yeah. I'll link, I'll link for listeners. If you're like, putty hug, what's that? We've talked about it a number of times, but I'll, I'll find the video where you talk about it. I'll put it in the show notes yeah. so they can, they can learn all about the pussy hug because it's good. Oh my goodness. Now I've like blinked out. What, what was, why did you bring up the pussy hug? <laughs> Cause I learned about it from you and you're awesome. I don't know. <laughs> uh. Why? Why did oh. I bring it up, Ken? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I started, okay. No, no, no. So I started teaching classes and then got really into going to conferences with the sex therapists, um, and different sex researchers. And I would, and part of me interviewing people was going, what do I want to specialize in? Cause I knew that I needed to get like a deep understanding in one discipline, but I couldn't figure out what it was. I thought maybe it would be clinical psychology as like a therapist, um, but then that didn't quite feel right. Um, and then it hit me a couple years ago. Oh, I'm body oriented. I'm all about ergonomics of two bodies slamming into each other in love. F- physical therapy. Like I've, I was on the wrestling team in high school. I danced, I did martial arts. Um, it never occurred to me that I could focus on the body instead of the heart. Ah. So that's, that's what I've been working on is just kind of building up my ability to just be consistent at something is going to these classes and I've done all right. Taking physics, I'm in bio right now, chemistry. It's a lot of the classes that I wanted to take anyway to understand more and like be more um, science literate. Because mm-hmm. And also I find that a lot of sex educators aren't. Um, and so I really, I like to focus on what nobody else knows about because yeah. I want to, I want to fill all the holes, Ken. <laughs> I want to fill all the holes. Figuratively and literally. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, I, I mean, we've got plenty of MFTs in, you know, marriage family therapists with a specialty in sex educator. But how many, how many sex positive accountants do you know? Huh? Huh? One. You do? Yeah. 
So, well, not that's an educator. They're just oh, okay. an accountant who happens to be sex positive. Oh, it's a Burning Man person, I know. Oh, okay, okay. Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh. So, um, kind of following my own advice to tell people is, you know, not everybody needs to be a sex educator. If you're inspired by the work I do, or you know, that people do, just bring that to a discipline, right? And so I'm bringing it to you know, physical therapy. Oh, I like that. So we might be calling you Doctor Doctor Sex Nerd Sandra. What, what do we call you? <laughs> Dr. Doherty. I mean, it's, it's kind of weird. Like, ideally, what I, I kind of, I would like to start a Patreon page. Like, I want to keep it simple. Like, I, do, I can't diversify my, the sex ed stuff. And the thing I love the most is interviewing people, um, that know about sex or researchers or players, you know, like, God, the things I want to, interview people about still like the list is so long um and so being a doctor of physical therapy it, it's all pre-med stuff so technically i could also apply to med school so unless i have some and kind you of, could become a urologist honestly it would <laughs> i would rather be a urologist than a gynecologist and my why? third choice would be dermatology why um why yeah why what why the dicks why oh, urology urology I think because gynecology, I do, I just do not care about babies and giving birth. I do um, not. I think that because urology is all bodies, um, dicks are involved, but it's a lot of like intern, like just bladder stuff, prostate stuff, um, aging stuff, incontinence, that kind of, and, and the pelvis is just such a, like it's the core of our world in a lot of ways. Um, and that's why I want to be a pelvic fo focused physical therapist. Cause I think there's beautiful work being done in that field, mm -hmm. um, that needs more attention. Right. It really needs to be elevated. Um, because it's really, a, a, it's a newer field and it's an exploding field. And I really, really believe that so many people, you know, you know what, you know what you, you too, what, you know what? 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 When I would in, in, I talk at universities and stuff, I would get asked so much about pelvic pain. There were so many really? young people having, a, a lot of women having pain during intercourse. And it just started to just get annoying because a lot of people don't know. A lot of doctors don't know. A lot of practitioners just don't know that you can refer someone to a physical therapist for pelvic pain. Mm. Like, that's just not a connection that medical practitioners really seem to know about. Right. Or, and is not offered. And so, um, I don't know, just in my journey, that's, it's important to me. And that's the hole you want to fill. That is the hole I want to fill. <laughs> I still want to interview people. But yeah, calling me Dr. Doherty, if people Google me, it just feels like there's got to be some kind of ethical problem with that. Like, I may have to change my name. Yeah. Well, you figure it out. You're resourceful mm. and smart. So Probably. Like, we were talking a lot about, you know, you repairing yourself emotionally and the really getting down to the root of, you know, what motivates you, what shuts you down. And I know that we talked a little bit before we, you know, hit the record button about also, you know, emotional hurt in general, that that is something that, I don't know, fascinates you is the right word. But tell me more about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at my list of episodes, you might notice that I tend to rotate pretty far and wide mm -hmm. in terms of sex and love um, just to keep myself interested. Um, but for me right now, because I'm always about like, what are you excited about right now? Mm -hmm. What really lights you up? Not what you're trying to 
freaking promote. Right. Um, but like, what's exciting? And for me, when it comes to, I believe that it's, that healthy long-term relationships are possible for most people. Okay. Um, I can't speak for, you know, people with, you know, severe. I'm not even going to go into that. Uh, well, yeah, for most people, healthy relationships are possible, but what skills do we need in order to do that? And sure, I, I got like, Sunny, I know you and I both got really excited about, um, theories and, and knowledge about, um, playfulness. Yeah. Ago, oh my God. Yeah. Right? I just lit up. I was like, <laughs> right. Yeah. My and internal light play. bright just started twinkling. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's so yeah. exciting. Like the idea that play is just for the pure pleasure of it and mm-hmm. part of sex and connection and sort of being with someone and just feeling light with them is just, it's just a beautiful, lovely thing. And yet in relationships, we often feel heavy because there's so much built up stuff going yeah. on there. Yeah. And so play is harder to access. Um, you know, I, I remember reading the book, like, oh, it's called like infinite and finite games. Like infinite game is a game you, you win at by continuing to play. So marriage is an infinite game. It's never zero sum. If you're going into a relationship and you win and they lose, that's a finite game and you're not going to succeed if mm. that's the kind of marriage right. you're in, right? Like you have to win together. That's the infinite game. Like that, I was like on that path for a while. I'm like, fuck yeah, infinite games. That's the, that's the key. And, uh, <laughs> It's definitely occurred to me in many different ways that one of the problems I face in dating for myself, because I'm polyamorous, I mean, I'm a gender, I've got a lot of, I'm like, kind of fuzzy, I'm like fuzzy gray on so many areas. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was my problem with dating is that I was picking people who were too traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it started to occur to me when I really could be free. This was like seven years ago when I really started to let myself date in alternate paths that one of the things that I run into constantly is that I don't know how to repair small hurts and they tend to just build up. Yeah. Both they fester that, and get bigger and yeah. Yeah. And like both because I hold on to stuff and don't know how to offer a path for someone to repair and heal with me, like, and help me heal. Also, I've been with a lot of people who turn, it turns out when we break up, are afraid were afraid of me the whole time because if they told me their truth that they were hurt or like mad they were afraid that i would reject them so i haven't gotten the opportunity like i've hurt people that i love but haven't gotten the opportunity to repair that yeah yeah um I mean, it's kind of cool to find out how intimidating I am, but that is, I love that when people are like, I'm scared of you. I'm like, fuck yeah, you are. <laughs> but then I'm like, wait, that's kind of awful, but kind of hot. <laughs> right. I want, if they're tied down on my bed, yes, it's super hot. But, uh, if they're crying and we're breaking up, it's really bad. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, um, I've been thinking yeah. a lot about that. Like, you know, is it, you know, like you were saying that people are afraid to speak up and say something because they're afraid of the consequences or the hurts or, you know, if it would make the person mad and, you know, not just you, but just in general, this is a pattern that we see in relationships in general. But then part of me wrestles with how much of it is not just a lack of knowing how to or feeling safe to communicate what they're feeling, but how much of it actually stems from a lack of either self-awareness or 
knowing enough about how you feel to be able to even articulate it. Like, I think a lot of people are stuck oh, yeah. there where they're like, I would love to talk about it, but I don't even know how. I don't even know why I feel this way. So how much do oh, you yeah. think of it? it uh, you know, if you were to like, throw out a random anecdotal percentage, like how much of it is that's our problem is like, we, we're not even self-aware enough to be able to even start talking about it. A billion percent. Right? That is my statistic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hold firm on this. Um, yeah, emotional, I, I hate the phrase emotional intelligence because it makes it sound inborn, like you right. either have it or you don't. And I like emotional literacy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way. Yeah, because it's, it's more it. of a taught or learned behavior as opposed to like a natural, like mm-hmm. you don't just like pop out of your mom's puss and you're like, I'm reading the periodic table of mm-hmm. elements or, you know, whatever. Except for yeah, you, Ken. I, you did. I did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Yeah, Ken was interesting, kid. You were a smarty I'm, farty. I'm an outlier. That yeah, way. yeah. <laughs> For it's it's hard because eat, I mean, there's seven billion different source issues. <laughs> you know, like each yeah. person brings their own thing to the table. And as a person who's hurt, they might, I mean, they might turn it immediately into anger and then push it back on the other person. That's an issue that comes up a lot, right? Um like, even if I'm hurt, if I tell someone I love that I'm hurt, they, what I've found that a lot of people in my own life, when I do offer up that I'm hurting, mm-hmm. they translate to be that they, if what I'm hurt, if that is a true statement, that equals that they are a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just um, like stating a fact, I am hurt, not a judgment, not saying anything about you. It's just, this is, this is my existence and my feeling right now. Kind of. Right. That a, yeah. that a feeling can just be a feeling and it doesn't mean anything about them. But right. I might, I might need their help to try and feel lighter about it. You know? Right. Like, right. Um, so that's, that's the personal version that I've experienced several times. Um, especially in like hashtag Mac, me too stuff. Yeah. Um, you mean like I've talked to a few people who, a few men who've been in a situation where they've heard that some people feel like they've been trauma, like had a traumatic sexual experience with this person, right? Right. Like, and so I've talked to more than one man about this experience. Um, and it's often really nice, well-meaning dudes who are absolutely falling apart inside because it means that they, because they, they can't think of, doing something that has hurt someone without it meaning they're a monster. Mm. Like, um, and so it's like, wow, that's so interesting friend. Um, probably you're not a monster. And also you still need to like come forward and like help repair. If this person wants some rest- restoration, you know, right. like, um, so I see that a lot. I actually, can I speak on like me too stuff? Absolutely. You can yeah. speak on whatever the hell great. you want to. The floor oh, is yours. Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you too. Yeah. I can't even. It's so luxurious. <laughs> no, I, I mean, obviously I haven't been in the mix in terms of public speaking about this. I mean, and I'm not an expert on consent issues and whatnot. Um, the thing that scares me about people coming forward. Okay. Like I'm excited that people can be come forward and be honest about being 
feeling um, like if they'd been raped or been um, had their consent violated or feeling just icky and like, you know, just all the different versions of what sexual trauma can be mm-hmm. or like harassment. What's bumming me out is the lack of vocabulary and, and like sort of filters that, that people have, including a lot of sex educators around how to process when someone's been hurt. Right. And so we often just turn the other person into immediately a predator. Yeah. yeah. Where like, so that just like our prison system and how that's broken and we just give up on humans and throw them in a black hole forever. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we kind of are doing that with each other when it comes to this. So there are predators. There are people who are repeated offenders and just jump from community to community and are monsters. Those people exist and should be cast out and probably prosecuted if somebody has the energy for that. However, a lot of the hurt that people have are from people who can be rehabilitated. Right. That aren't predators, but just need to, like, if they have the openness for it, kind of need to go through a process to, like, be better. Yeah. You know, and, like, be smarter and be I, whatever. So, I don't know. It's just it just kind of watching this on the sidelines. You know, like, I got other shit to do. I'm in therapy. Fuck y'all. Like, deal with <laughs> I'm kind of just scrolling and being sad for everyone but it's, i've been really disappointed yeah I think, it at the lack of nuance yeah it, it's really interesting that you're saying this because i'm like i'm like nodding along like oh my god yeah 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 and it's like i see the same thing where you know putting people in very distinct silos you're either a monster or you're a great person and there is no in between you know it's I think it's humans propensity to think of things in very black and white terms. You're either this or very binary. You're this or you're that, you know, you're horrible or you're good. And it's like, just like we say, the future is fluid when it comes to sexuality and all these other things. The future is fluid really when it comes to everything. I think that, you know, our inability to be like, you could be the nicest guy on earth, but you could also at the same time have done some shitty shit. And because you've done shitty shit, it doesn't mean you're horrible, but you got some stuff to work on. You know, I've, I've hurt people. Like I have legitimately hurt people. I'm, I'm part of why I'm doing this research. Just I'm like, I'm reading this great book called why won't you apologize by Dr. Harriet Lerner. Mm -hmm. And I'm really loving it because I'm preparing to try and make amends on some things I've done. Like I've dropped some balls. I've let people down. Um, and yeah, if I look at my long sexual history, I can think of at least two times that the other person could definitely recognize that I probably um, assaulted them. Right. You know, like I can think about that and go, wow. And I wasn't even aware of it mainly because they were men and I was taught that they don't say no. And I'm just like, God, I wonder if that person would like an apology. Like, I wonder if that's something that they even recognize. You know, like it just, wow. So I'm looking at my own life. And the fact that you can can say that, that. Yeah. The fact that you can say that out loud, I think is just, you know, I'm, I'm like, I always picture the listeners in my mind is probably so healing and so validating because I don't care what your gender is. I don't care who the fuck you are. Every single one of us has violated somebody's consent to one extent or another. Yeah. And I think we're just so used to thinking like, like you said, that means we're horrible people that we can't get past that and work through it and heal and do the shit that we need to do. You know, so thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. 
Yeah. No problem. Yay. Yay. We all just healed together. (laughs) I'm only slightly terrible. Yay. (laughs) Yay. But we all are. So we all feel better about it. You know, and and one, one last thing that just this makes me think of is along those same lines is, you know, this is how we get into these big, huge fights about... You know, if someone is accused of assault or whatnot, suddenly everyone divides into two camps. Oh, but this is a nice person. They would never do that. I've been on dates with them and they were always completely appropriate. So because my experiences with them have been great, you're a liar and this can't be true. And it's like, we just need to realize you can be an awesome person 99.9% of the time. And you could still have that 0.1% where something didn't go so great. Hey, did you know? American Sex Podcast has a Patreon page. Becoming a Patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for National Public Radio or how PBS works. If you appreciate our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, then you can help support it. And as a member of our Patreon family, you'll be eligible for nifty, cool rewards like bonus episodes, surprises in the mail, and more. Oh, and you'll get all of our episodes early, bonus stories from guests, and access to our private Patreon feed. So you thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out all the details at patreon.com slash americansex. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash American sex. Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift, too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing. Castle Mega store. When you get your sex toys, you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money. You'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like, oh my God, give me water. That was the best orgasm ever. I'm shitty 80% of the time. 20% I'm awesome. <laughs> You're not that shitty, Ken. I, I'd say 80% I'm mildly shitty. Okay. Well, mildly <laughs> shitty. You're grumpy. Oh, I'm way grumpy. Does that count as shitty? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. You're grumpy as fuck. Yeah. But it's okay. (laughs) Dude, that's my new tattoo. Grumpy as fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. At some point, I realized that one of my types is curmudgeons. Yeah. I was just so mad at myself. No. Are you flirting? When I met him. No, I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) When I met him, on, I think on your, because we we actually met on Fat Life, so Fat Life Marriage. Uh, I think curmudgeon was in your profile somewhere. Oh, it was. Yeah. You know, like, I, am, I am a curmudgeon. You're a self-identified curmudgeon. Absolutely. I'm grumpy as fuck. Proud of it. I need to get you like a t-shirt or something. <laughs> Birthday ideas. <laughs> Quick, order that t-shirt. <laughs> Got 10 days. Okay. Um, yeah. So, well, thank you. I mean, that that I think, I don't know. We're all so fucked up emotionally over so many things. And I think that, 
when we really break it down and we cut out the knee jerk reactions of like, I'm a horrible person, or that means that, you know, you hate me, or I did a horrible thing to you. If we like get through those knee jerk reactions of this, this hurts to feel this way, we could get so much further. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Listeners listening. Remember that. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just I'd like it if we rebranded. Uh, comprehensive sex education into comprehensive emotional education. <gasps> yeah, because be it starts out as emotional education, you know, in like an elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I love that every class I take in the sciences is like helping me understand the body and and the mind more. Right. I'm I'm taking an abnormal psych class right now, and in the history section, is you know, we talked about how in just in the middle ages when there's like so much plague and drama going on, I just mass mental illness and abnormal behavior like emer- emerged. Yeah. And just at times at Im- immense stress on mass, people get like legit crazy. And I, I think that right now is a lot of that is emerging. Like there's just so much just terror and discomfort like Mm -hmm. we're we're in a time of you know probably increased mental illness for legitimate reasons um yeah i mean my empathy like aches over it and i'm also a little bit like fucking ready for it yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh well yeah and i I, you're nail on the head you know it's like people and i'm sure you have the same exact experiences people come to us like I want to learn the latest blowjob techniques and I want to learn about the pussy hug and I want to learn about, and they get into your class and you, they sit down in the chair and we're like, we're going to talk about how we feel and how we talk to our partner. And they're like, what the <laughs> fuck? And it's like, you can't do any of the, like our blowjob class. The first thing we talk about is like the psychology of blowjobs and the giver and the receiver, because how you feel about what you're doing emotionally and how you communicate with your partner is fucking everything. It doesn't matter if you know how to do the lollipop or the figure eight or whatever the fuck we call these things, you know, Oh my god! I yes, yes. Um, I'm snapping in support of what you're saying. Yeah, snap, 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 snap. There. Maybe that'll pick up, or maybe it'll sound horrible and like blast out the listeners' ears who have headphones on. That's good. Yes, good. So, all right. There has been another interesting thing. I don't know in your life or whatnot. Interesting thing in your life. Any at the source? The source, me, Ken. No. <laughs> that should be that should be your Halloween costume, like a thesaurus. Is this a oh, thing? So good. This needs to be like a dinosaur, like with books in his hands, yeah, we and make like a stegosaurus, like in, like in, like instead of like like dragon fire coming out of his mouth, it could just be words, like beautiful, gorgeous, like <laughs> all the synonyms synonyms could be flying out of his mouth. That would be awesome. Yeah. Anyway, so. You have had an a, an interest in HIV over the last oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know period in your life I don't know how long so tell me about that. Well, well, Sunny. Uh, <laughs> so I have a list that's over a hundred um, topics long in terms of episode topics and just mm-hmm. I think people I want to interview and stuff and one thing had always been HIV and I mean I'd covered STIs at some point um, but it wasn't until in the last couple of years I dated someone who was HIV positive mm-hmm. I actually fell mad in love with this person um, and in in the dating process talking about you know how protection and whatnot and what medication they were on and um, I learned 
I like I went in newing no newing. <laughs> I hey, where's that knowing. thesaurus? <laughs> <laughs> I went in knowing about like prep, the fact that I could take a medication every day and that could uh, you know, prevent me from being susceptible to getting HIV. Like mm-hmm. I knew that. I knew that that was my power, and so I knew that if I ever were to date someone with HIV, like that's something I could do. Right. Um. So I wasn't freaked out when I learned about that that this person was positive but what shocked me was how much i didn't know and just old information that i held about hiv so that's like one of the first episodes like if i in fact do launch a patreon and and get my you know first season out there and by the way i'm gonna just like caveat after we're done let's talk about patreon they're having a convention in la and i'm going to in a couple weeks we we gotta talk but anyway keep going oh snappity snap yeah yeah i'll i'll tell you all about it yeah all right i'm into it keep going um so if i actually do all that because it's all like i don't want to put too much pressure on myself but um but yes. Also, I totally own, like, I'm no longer with Nerdist, so I am totally independent. So it's like a very exciting time for me to just be fully involved in this little, you know, little podcast that I have. Right. I'm excited. It's, a, it's my baby. Um, but I really did just move HIV up to the top of the list because since in this time period, I, like, I don't know where you two are in knowing stuff. I you mentioned that you already covered this in a previous episode, so I don't want to like no do no, so, no, no. you know it's like you can't. This is something you can't talk too much about. Exactly, and like, every perspective is different. So t- the floor is yours. Say whatever just, you want. I mean, the fact that half the people in the U.S. that have HIV cannot pass on the virus, if even if they tried. Is I, I'm my brain still can't fully process that, right? Like, I didn't know that, I didn't know we were that far along. I didn't know that if you get HIV and start taking medication from the beginning, that your lifespan may be longer than the average person. What I didn't know that. What seriously, because because you have to go see a doctor so often that that's what bumps you up past the average person. Oh, I mean, obviously, like medication isn't like super perfect. I mean, you know, like I actually took prep for a while. So like I was going in and getting um, blood tests to make sure my kidneys were doing okay on it and stuff. Um, But like, what? Right? Yeah. And it, it, you know, and I don't know if like some of it is. I grew up in the eighties. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. I think about ten or twelve oh, years older than you. Just thinking about the same thing you're, th- yeah. you're thinking of the herpes thing. No, not at all. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, all right. No, so just a second. So before HIV and AIDS was in the oh, media, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are old enough, and this is we, the feeling that you're going through right now with HIV and AIDS in 2018 is what we went through back in like what was it 1979 or 1980 when we yeah. first started hearing. Like herpes, it was like eighty two to eighty four is when it SDI really at that hit. Point. Yeah, people, like it was. There were movies about how their life was going to be ruined, and right, right. And then suddenly, that you know, herpes was like it was nothing in comparison because there was this disease that was actually killing people, right? Mm-hmm. And so it sort of took the place of that thing that was there before. Just that new information about you know something that happened made herpes seem relatively mild, in right? Comparison. And it is and like it is. yeah. But you know, but it was huge at the time. It for was- me, looking back at the '80s, I think about like just the the 
the swath of, of death and destruction. You know, I didn't know my dad growing up, but he actually passed um, from complications of AIDS in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. My uncle, mm-hmm. who was, you know, very involved in the gay community, lost pretty much all of his friends, you know, and it's like we yeah. have that like to us we had it drilled into us like it's a death sentence oh my god it's horrible but how much have things really changed for us who have that you know mindset is it completely different now it's i mean i can't speak for i'm not a an hiv uh educator i mean that's what i would like to interview someone on Mm -hmm. is all the details i mean i went in and i talked to a lot of people at the lgbt center in um hollywood because that's where i was getting prep from um but now starting meds keeping your viral load so low that if you go in to test for it you test negative right to be undetectable is to not be able to pass it on that's like cdc that's like all the major medical organizations agree that you cannot pass on the virus. That's that's why like half the people in the U.S. that have it can't. Wow. Um, if if they're taking their meds every day, it's all good. And like that to me is, I I don't know. I guess it, it that is such a profound shift in understanding where like oh my god we are in the future. Yeah. Like it's not it's not the final destination of where we want to be, but it's it's like twenty years past where I thought we were. Wow. And it, it saddens me, though, because I keep hearing so much misinformation from people that you think should know better. Like I'm thinking like the the adult uh, performer industry. There's a lot of like, you know, HIV shamey kind of stuff, you know, with the undetectable viral load. You know, people are like, uh-uh, nope, uh, nope. And yeah, it's just. I don't know. We have a, a a large percentage of the population these days for lots of reasons that just doesn't believe science. Yes, that really it really scares me. Like, I mean, I mean, when it, when whenever okay, it's really funny that when someone says the word science, I have to ask them the same kind of question that they say when they say like polyamory. Like polyamory. Oh, what does that mean for you? Does that mean that you and your partner have sex with other people? Does that mean that you have multiple wives? Like, what does that mean? Like, you know, it's such a huge swath. It's weird that now the word science, I have to say, what does that mean to you? And you have to say, what does that mean to you? And then they're like, that means I tape onions to my feet and I don't get vaccinated. (laughs) Like, oh, God. Sorry, listeners who tape onions to your feet, but that's bullshit. It's not science. I don't even want to ask. I'm not. It draws out the toxins from your blood. I don't want to know. I just. I think they make special onion socks. (laughs) Stop believing that shit, people. Like, I was a liberal arts major. I just. And I tried the best I could to understand really complex concepts so that I could learn about sex, share about sexuality in a, an accurate way. Um, and just, it, it is, it is a privilege to get to go back to school and, and take a year of bio, a year of physics, a year of chem, um, probably some other stuff I'm blanking on, which is, and statistics. I'm taking statistics. Oh, so I love just, statistics. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm geeking so out. sexy. Yeah. It's hot. Oh my God, those graphs. But, uh, <laughs> just, I don't know something about learning about molecules and like being able to talk on this like cellular and molecular level of a 
what the world is. Mm -hmm. It has given me, it has magnified my wonder at the world. And also I know what's possible in terms of what we can know for real and why. Yeah. Um, you know, things that I just assumed were magic, like how my oxygen gets into my, my cells. Like, I'm just like, because of magic. Right. Osmosis? I, like, I don't know. <laughs> right. It, it just goes in and then jumps in my blood and then hits the cell and is like, I'm here, but guys, <laughs> the party yeah. can start. Like, <laughs> now I think of being forced to recognize what happens at every step and like there isn't magic. It's just this very wonderful, complex journey system. Right hearing something about like, yeah, vaccines or like not wanting to think about how many viruses per milliliter of blood. Like, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I really want to then. agree with you, but 40% of Americans don't believe that the earth is over 10,000 years old. Dinosaur bones were planted. Oh, I just, I can't, and my whole brain's going, and this is why Trump is our president. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go on like a rampage right now, a verbal rampage. That would be a tirade, I, right? I don't know. The I, source. I will <laughs> go. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> go. I will say this. I do feel like I need to say this because it's, it's, I'm always like so, so diplomatic. I don't know why I have to be this way. It's probably because as a child, I was trying to like peacekeep in my family. Yeah. Um, but so I found out a couple years ago that someone I is that is very close to me and that I love a ton is a flat earther <gasps> and uh. believes that the world is flat, that it's all a conspiracy, that, um, you know, really believed in Pizzagate when that happened about, and I don't, I didn't even do research into that because I was like, I can't. And yeah. was really into conspiracies. And when I talked to this person that I love and adore deeply about why, not, not, not that they were like obsessively on the internet trying to like piece together, you know, the conspiracy, not asking them why about that, not trying to present what I know to be true about the world, mm -hmm. but understand what emotionally they were getting out of it. Mm. And what it turned out was that there was just such this deep sense that there's something wrong with the world and there must be something hidden or more to it. And what I, what I recognize is that just like we talked about mass, mass like mental illness or mass, like sort of insanity or just abnormal conclude, like just, just abnormal human behavior because the world is so screwed up. Right. I think there's just the amount of emotional discomfort and fear and hurt that's going on is part of why people are really susceptible and vulnerable to different ideas Yeah, that are really damaging. That makes sense. Um, and so like, I, while I really enjoy that you, you're making like jokes about people who are probably just stupid, to me, I see a lot of emotional pain. Oh, now I feel bad. Um, I'm sorry, people. Put no, onions back I, on your I, feet. It's okay if bad. it makes you feel good. I don't feel bad. <laughs> it helps you cope with the shit in the world. Get those onions. It's, Dinosaurs are real. I'm sorry. Dinosaurs are real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't make it okay, but it means that attacking the, the issue from a, no, these are the facts is not probably what's going to help people kind of return to science. Yeah. It's, oh. it's more of like an emotional U-turn. So the underlying emotional hurt 
It all comes back to the underlying emotional hurt. And the, there's just so much dissonance about our beliefs and the way the world, it's just, it's, it's a fucking mess. And who am I? I'm just one more human trying to figure this crap out, you know? But you're doing a lot. I, I think you're to- doing a really good job though. Thank you, Sonny. As are you. Aww. And you can even. Oh, thank you. Look <laughs> at us. Oh. You two are great. Oh, you're great. Big group microphone hug. Mm. So, yeah. All right. So, before we wrap this up, a couple mm. things I want to I wanna ask you. Just one, like, kind of off-the-cuff thing, because you are sex okay. nerd, Sandra, right? And you know your shit. What is okay. the... I'm- Yes. Okay. <laughs> what is I'll, the number one most helpful sex tip that you've heard that you've given that helps the most people? Oh my god, I hate this question. I know you do. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's, How about the number one tip is never ask me this question? <laughs> god, should I say something just equally painful? Like be yourself. <laughs> Don't do be it. yourself. That 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 is a um, a fool's errand. That is a fool's errand. Um, number one sex tip. Mm. Oh my goodness. You know, it's funny. I haven't taught or give like, in so long that I haven't even thought about sex. Tips. Oh. I used to teach a boning one-on-one class uh-huh. and I, it was really fun. That was kind of like threw it all in there. Um, and I had an answer for this in my class and I haven't even looked at that outline in so long. So I'm blanking out completely boning one-on-one. Um, I mean, what comes off, comes up to me right now is just be present. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of people, like men, especially when they're like, so you want to like go out, try and like sell me on their sexual prowess. Like, oh, I'm going to make you come or like, I'm I'm going to eat you out for three hours. And you're like, (laughs) I hate those guys. I'm like, I would love to be eaten out for three hours, but you're, I'm going to eat you out for three hours. Attitude can suck it and not in a cunnilingus way. Right. So from, from (laughs) thinking about that and also thinking that from my own experience, um, I used to spectator a lot, like used to watch myself, judge myself while I was connecting with someone. I think for no matter where your head's at or what you're trying to prove, I think one of the most beautiful things is to connect with yourself because it can be masturbation or connect with another person is to just be fully in your senses. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. It's all again. It all stems back to the emotional shit. That's all underneath everything. Aww. The next oh, question. Oh, cake what? or pie? Oh, wait, no, wait, I want to hear. Oh, the, oh, no, oh no. what's? Oh, oh, there's another. Oh, thing. I was just saying, like it doesn't have. To, but, but, Sunny, remember, it's sex. It doesn't have to be to be deep. It doesn't have to be about love. It doesn't have to be emotional. But whatever your brain tends to find important in the moment, just refocus on what I feel, what I smell, what I see, what I hear. You know those basics. Oh, that's wonderful. That's now, now, if yeah. you were to see and smell cake and pie, which one would you choose? <laughs> cake oh, or pie. Oh. Make a choice. You can only choose one. It's like oh, the Highlander. I don't there like can be it. only one. Uh, I'm going to go with the Paul F. Tompkins um, answer. Do you, have you heard that uh, that comedian's um, stand up on cake or pie? No. no. Oh, well, uh, you're clearly not the experts asking this question. <laughs> <laughs> um. And he posits that in the, at the end of the day, it's all about frosting. Yes, I agree. Ugh. Now, Ken's like going to throw no. up right now. No. It's all about frosting. Now, I, I think that there's a more beautiful art form to pie. Like, just, like, I, I think there there is something really just, I really respect pie, especially pumpkin pie. Mm. Um, 
but a can of pie filling is never going to be a can of frosting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I make for Ken's birthday. This is his favorite cake. I actually, huh. I did a, a uh, Instagram tutorial when I made the last one, but this, this one for Ken is a white cake with cream cheese frosting, and then mm. I cut out the entire middle of the cake and fill it with a little layer of like a uh, cheesecake flavored pudding and a whole can of cherry pie filling. It's like a turducken, but it's a cake yeah. pie in. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. So we're going to have that, that soon. I totally thought <laughs> when you said cut, uh, cut it in the middle, I thought did you, you didn't mean like you cut a whole circle in the middle of the pie. You meant like you cut it in half and it was another layer. Mm-hmm. No, like, well, when you make it, it's like a two layer cake. So I put down the first layer and then I cut out like the middle kind of of that layer and I fill it with the pie filling and then I put the second layer on top. So then when you cut it, the whole middle is cherry pie filling. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's the logical sane person's version. My version in my head was you just like used your hand, just like grab the center (laughs) of whatever was sitting there, shove that in your face, and then put the pudding in. (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or it could be like fisting, which would, you know, be good. I pussy hug the cake first, you know, I warm it up, and then I stick the cherry pie filling in there. And then wash your hands. Yes. All right, so I am super fucking excited about the reboot <laughs> of Sex and Sandra. So tell us, like, when can we hear it? Like, is there anything new we should know? Should we just wait patiently? What's going on? Girl, um, I am not going to g- give myself a date to okay. give you at this point. Um, but it feels close. How close? I don't know. I'm not even going to pretend that I know. You know, I can, I can make, it feels very close. I can make an analogy. It's like when you're inching towards orgasm and then someone gets in your face, like, are you coming yet? Are you going to come yet? Are you going to come soon? And then it ruins it. So I'll just like be quiet and just let it happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Please, please just, uh, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. It feels great. And, uh, I'll let you know when I'm there. (laughs) Okay. Cool. Yay. Answer ever. All right. And and then uh, before we wrap up, I, I will have, as I always do for the listeners in the show notes, like your social media information, all the places where they can find you. I assume, and tell me if I'm assuming correctly, is your podcast reboot just going to be up under the same, like suddenly there'll be new episodes under Sex and Sonder, or is it like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Like, like if anyone's listening who um, was a subscriber, then unsubscribe, because obviously I wasn't uh, releasing, like, it'd be good to resubscribe. resubscribe. It'd be the same RSS feed. Um, but yeah, Twitter, Facebook, um, Twitter and Instagram, probably, because Facebook seems to be, like, convulsing and dying. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So... Thank you. Yeah. This I love talking to you. I wish I could talk to you more. Maybe we will talk more because we're going to talk about Patreon stuff. And uh, I'm going to uh, be in yeah. LA. I'm going to be in LA. So, I yeah. I want to see your face. Yay! 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 All righty. So, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Yay. Bye, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. 
I'm the super social one, so you can find me at Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.